Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Good Calls with Dean Blandino, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, what's up, Dean Blandino? Welcome to another episode of Good Calls. The crew is all here. Joe's in a much better mood today, more talkative. He went and worked out. He's Orphans going. Well, I'm excited. Scott is doing his fantasy football draft. So we're, we're multitasking, um, which is a myth, by the way. You can't do more than one thing at a, at a time. You can, you can try, but you're, you're always going to fall short. Um, so what's going on? Travis, just give us the update on how 2020 is kicking our ass. Like, just how is it? What, what, what is, give us the rundown. Last hey. week. I mean, so we had we had all kinds of stuff going on, not just uh, not just COVID, and and I think you put it, I think you put a rule on it that on even days we talk about was it social justice, and then odd days we talk about COVID. COVID yeah. So we had all kinds of shutdowns last week for uh, for um, social justice with the Jacob Blake shooting, which in my mind, like shut it down. Let's 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 make some noise. Let's let's see what happens. It's interesting. The whole thing, right? So obviously it started with the Bucks close to home, right? In in Wisconsin. Kenosha, yep. More or less walking out on that game. Um and then and then there were other other games that were, you know, across whether it was the NBA, baseball, um, there were other the NHL sports, followed. NHL. Um, I think the NBA, you think about the NBA acting on the fly and really because now you have a unprecedented or, or, you know, a situation that in recent years, I can't remember anything like this. And and so a team walks out, they're not going to play. And I thought the NBA did a really nice job of rather than getting into all the, the, you know, forfeits and everything else and this and that, they just postponed all the games, right, for the next day um, to kind of reset. And, uh, and obviously look, um, and you know, what's interesting is that just when you think about logistics, the fact that they're in Orlando in the bubble, it makes it much easier to write to postpone games and do that. Imagine, you know, everybody's in at the arena in Milwaukee and everybody's in Houston or LA or wherever, and trying to postpone those games with fans and paying ticket holders 
it becomes, you know, that much more difficult. Not saying they couldn't have done it or they wouldn't have done it, but it's just, I think the Orlando bubble made it, made it easier, you know, without fans and certainly the other, you know, the NHL is playing in a bubble baseball. There's no fans. Um, but look, here's the deal, right? This is, this is a, a, you know, and I'll ask you this, Scott. I mean, it's a symbolic gesture, but is, is protesting a game, you know, is that enough or, you know, or is there more that has to be done, right? What, what is protesting the game on its own get us other than this, this, obviously this symbolic thing, where, where do these players and where do we go from here? Well, I mean, that was kind of like the big debate. Like there were people who are saying, you know, you can't, how is this going to help or how is it going to hurt? Because by not playing, some people were saying like they were not being able to use their platform as much. But obviously, as we know, because there's less kind of sports going on, this there's a bigger focus on this. So I think, you know, you the the. I mean, this is the million dollar question because you're asking these athletes um, to appeal to people's like, uh, you know, their morality, their conscience or whatever. But then at the same time, you know, you're asking them to entertain as well. So it's this difficult thing. And then, of course, there's people who are going to discount both of those just the way how like um people say stick to blank stick to acting stick to sports stick to whatever um so i think uh, and the one thing that i think gets lost in the shuffle for a lot of these guys uh um, black athletes in america right now is many of them if they live in that community like the bucks uh you know they have players who have had like uh, the police abuse them. If you remember, yeah. um, you know, they're in pain. They feel this pain that's going on in the country, you know, and they see someone being killed all the time. So they've got that going on with them and they're away from their families and all that stuff too. So you probably saw those videos from the last couple of days. Families were finally allowed to re-enter the bubble yeah. with them. So you know, there's there's just so much going on, uh, it, and I can't really. Obviously, no one has the right answer, but I I, I think like Travis said, I, I don't have any problem with it because uh, you're right. They're probably in a little bit better situation because they there wasn't crowds. They could kind of just be like, we're just not playing. There was slightly less outside pressure. Yeah, sure. Or, yeah, and it's like they were playing the magic, and the magic didn't even know it was going to happen because the magic was still out there with three minutes before that was supposed to tip. And, they didn't you know, know. Yeah, they didn't they, know. And I think then, you know, they all, then they all got together and there were so many stories coming out of that meeting with the players. There were, there were representatives from coaching staffs. There were ownership, you know, Michael Jordan apparently was a, um, was a kind of a, a conduit between ownership and the players and, you know, and two teams actually voted not to continue the season, not to continue the playoffs the Clippers and the Lakers, but I, but the, the rest of the teams in the playoffs wanted to, to, to play. And, uh, and, and I think it comes down to that question is, you know, your platform. And that's why I think it is, it is a, you know, these athletes have a platform and, and they, that when they use it, it's very powerful. And, and I think that's the biggest thing, but you see what's, what's happening in this country. And you look at, and, and if you look at these incidents uh, 
in a vacuum, right? Brian Urlacher came out and made some comments that were, you know, about about the Jacob Blake situation, saying that, well, oh, there was a warrant and 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 he had a domestic violence warrant and all these things. But but it's not like if you take these things in a vacuum and you pick apart the person, he, he still there's no no reason this man should have been shot seven times in the back. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I think there's the other side to it where, you know, are those police officers intentionally shooting this man because he's black or are they put in a situation that they're not properly trained for and they panic and they think their life is at risk and they end up, you know, we end up in this completely, you know, just tragic event. And I think that's the, that for me is like, you know, how can I sit here and say if black people are telling us this is a problem. I don't think any one of us are in a position to say it's not. Like we don't, we don't go through the same things. Well, yeah. And it's the same thing of like, whether you want to believe them, like if you're like, if you think it's bogus, you, when you see them in pain, yeah, you know, like you saw, I, and now I, I apologize because I forgot the baseball player's name. I believe. Was it a guy in the Mets? They Dominic, asked Dominic. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And then um, you see, yeah. you see someone pouring their heart out. And of course, you know, don't look at the internet comments because they were awful. But, oh. but it was like to just be like, this is just BS. Would it, it's crazy? Just or just to not listen. But a lot of the comments were just like uh, that. Of course, the bad ones you see exactly were but, just like this guy's not even a man. A hundred percent. And when I see, when you see somebody in pain and you can't, you can't discount that. And that's why I truly believe. But I also think that I always try to see, you know, the different perspectives and the different sides of any, of any, of any situation. And I think, you know, if we think about solutions, the the police are also under attack and, 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 and it, it's there, if they're not properly trained, which many of them aren't, to handle these situations and de-escalate, and they're just given a badge, a uniform, and a gun, and they're told you can use your gun in, in if your life is threatened, well, in these situations, whose life are they going to lean toward? The, the, the person that they're, they're, they're confronting or trying to arrest or their own? And, and, and ultimately, that's that's what happens in a lot of these situations. And so if they're not trained to deal with these situations, why are we throwing them out there with firearms? And and, and obviously, it's ending up in, in with tragic results. And, and I just, we've got to look at that. We've got to look at, at, at what's happening in these communities, the systemic, you know, um, issues that have that have been in play for many many years and and you know i think it's i think it's important that these nba players and, and these athletes are, are are stepping up and using their platform and now it's it's taking the next step and actually you know rolling up our sleeves and figuring out how to how to correct these these you know what's happening it's two of the stories that stand out to me it's like you're absolutely right with all that like we as you know four white or non-black men sitting here talking about it aren't really qualified for it because Every time you hear all these guys talking, like Brian Flores came out in the media and said, I've had a gun pointed at my face. And it's like every single black person that we hear from has either had this happen to them or someone they know like directly has had this happen to them. Listening to Jim Jackson talk about this during the NBA, um, when the NBA postponed the other night, he was talking about how he's old school. He says, I carry my wallet in my back pocket, but when I get in my car, I put it next to me. 
So I know that if I ever get pulled over, I have my things ready to go and I'm not making any sudden moves. And it's like, those are things that I would never think about. And you guys have probably never thought about. We get to, we get to go through life into that, to that, you know, to that extent unconscious, right? We don't have to think about those things. Right. I think that's, I think that's part of the issue, but it goes back to sports and Scott mentioned something and, 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 you know, Fox sports does, you know, they, they do these, these polls and they talk to people and, and it was interesting. Like, why, why do you guys watch sports? Like, why, why do you, Joe, why do you watch sports? Um, <laughs> <laughs> to the conversation. Forget about forget about any type of sports gaming. Okay. What, why do you watch sports? What What are some of the reasons you watch? Sports? Well, if it's not for sports gaming, I don't do a whole lot of sports watching. I mean, I do. I watch UFC because I love martial arts. Um, okay. but I'm I don't watch. I do like the the NBA playoffs. Obviously, I watch football with with you guys in the studio, but I never watch baseball. I can't stand it. <laughs> okay, Travis, why do you watch sports? I, I watch just because I love the competition. I love to see um, guys go out and, and play a game that was, you know, we loved as kids and that they, they get to play as as adults and, and kind of live that dream that every kid had of being a professional athlete and, mm-hmm. and being able to go out and see something different every day. You can watch a game, baseball, for example, you can watch a game every day and you'll see something new in that game. It doesn't, it doesn't matter that, you know, if it's a if it's a one nothing game or something, you're going to see something strange. You're going every football every football weekend Sundays we see something that's like wow I can't believe that just happened. And you watch it for those exciting moments. More yeah, than you. such well, Travis you, answer. Well, but I, I'm I'm a little bit with Travis where it's like <laughs> it is just it's theater. Like we there's rules around every game that make the structure of it. But you it's just melodrama. It's it's just like a dramatic event because and i realize some sports have ties but basically there are very few things in our life where you you immediately are this person won and this person lost sports leaves very little gray area in that now people can argue about was this rule fair blah 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 but at the end of the day like travis said you see crazy stuff every game that every year there's in every sport there's something insane that happens that you're like, how has this never happened before? And, and, yeah, you get, and what are you, when you're watching sports, right? Are you thinking about, do you go to, do you watch sports to get, you know, political views? Do you watch sports to, to think about what's happening in the world? Or you go, are you going to sports to just kind of escape? Yeah. Well, I think there's something cool about watching anybody that's the best at what they do. That's why the Olympics yeah. Are so fun. Um, and, and, and to answer the, 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 the escape, I, I don't know if I necessarily escape because it is just another realm of stuff. But um, I, I think uh, now this is me saying this, but it's like I think every action, everything has extra weight. There's a reason why like the miracle on ice had so much symbolic weight and people weren't saying like, don't politicize this. There's, it's baked into everything we do, you know? Like, that's why you hate the, you know, it's like why there's good villains in sports. It's why some people grow up hating the Yankees and they don't know why. I know why. I know why. I mean, yeah, again, (laughs) watching somebody, no matter what it is, just 
who's the best at what they do. That's why I always really enjoy watching Pereira when he comes on in the studio. You know? <laughs> oh, that was a good one, Joe. <laughs> that was hilarious. Because you have that immediate contrast. You're like, okay, this is how remember, it's done. And here's this other guy. You remember the, you remember the movie Vision Quest with Matthew Modine? No. Remember Joe Vin- obviously remembers that one. <laughs> so, you mean Viking you know, Quest with Johnny Drama? No. So... You remember the scene, there was a scene when Matthew Modine went, he, you know, the guy he worked with at the hotel and he, and he went to see him and the guy was getting all dressed up and he asked why he was getting dressed up. And he went into the story about how he watched Pele and, you know, and, and how it kind of watching another human being, which he happens to be a member of the same, of that same, you know, species, um, do something so amazing. Right. And it was like, that was his like reason why he was going to see Matthew Modine wrestle. And I think that's why, you know, that's what we do. We go to see these, these amazing athletes and, and in the point I'm trying to make, which you guys aren't helping me make because you're all kind of watching sports for weird reasons, um, is that the majority of people, there's, there's a very, there's a silent majority of, of sports fans. Okay. There's no, this is, this is, this is the research. This is what Fox sports. And this is what they're telling us that, that most people watch sports to just watch sports. They don't go to watch sports for, you know, some, some, you know, political. Oh, right. They don't know why they, like they, when they, at, when they're asked, they say, I don't know. I just do it. Yeah. They, like, they're, they, not, they're not like, yeah, there's, that, there's that majority of people that are watching sports just to watch sports. They're not there to, to watch protests or to not. And then there's a very vocal minority on either side of the spectrum. There, there, there are people that think athletes should, they, yes, I want to see the social statements. I want to see that, that activism. I want to see that. And then there's others that, like you said, Scott, earlier, shut up and dribble, right? So, and, and what Fox Sports and I'm sure other networks are doing is because 2020 going into this football season, part of the broadcast is going to be around these social elements and what they're trying to figure out is how much is your is your viewer going to want to see because because in i don't care what it is i don't care what what element you're going to add to a broadcast there's always a point of of, of becoming too much we're already there and, well you know, well here's what the nfl fan is saying the nfl fan is saying the overwhelming majority is saying we're we're okay with that Right. We don't feel strongly one way or the other, but we're okay with those elements in the game, in the broadcast. As long as you don't, it doesn't completely override the game itself, which is why we're watching. So when it I was going to say when it's going to happen is going to be in your pregame show and you're going to touch on it in the game a bit like that brings up the thing that we saw earlier this week that they're going to have. things painted in the end zones. So I think yeah, Scott said that gonna text. Racism, they're going to have other things. But I think that's what, I think what broadcast networks like ours are, are trying to figure out. It's important. This is, we're no longer, we're no longer in a world where it's stick to sports, right? Everything nope. is, is, you know, and, and it's not, and if you look at our history, right there, this isn't the first time athletes have, you know, you think about Muhammad Ali, you think about Jim Brown, you think about, some of these others, you think about the Olympics um, with, with, you know, the raised fist and, and all of these things. This is not the first time, but now we're seeing it on such a grand scale. 
and I think and broadcasters are saying, okay, we're gonna we're gonna add these elements to our show, but to what extent? And and I think that's kind of where you know whether it's Fox Sports or any other network, um, I think is going to try to find that right balance. And, and so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it can't be overlooked at this at this point anymore. Like it, then it was one athlete being the the spokesperson. Now it's every single person of color is saying we're not going to stand for this anymore. This has to stop. And so you you can't ignore it during the broadcast. Before you you might be able to like with just Kaepernick, you could kind of say like, well, we're not going to show the national anthem. We're not going to show the guys kneeling. We're not going to show that stuff. And they just, that's what they did. Because it was, because, yeah, it was, a, it, it felt like a one-off, right? It was, it was Kaepernick and then it was, right. you know, and then maybe a handful of others, but it wasn't this, it wasn't a group, you know, entire teams and things like that where you can't ignore it, right? right. You can't ignore it. And I think Dean, let, the, let the guys up at Fox, the big wigs know that if they need me as a consultant, I'm available. I have right. some I have some good strong opinions on this. What what's your hourly rate? Four fifty. Oh, that's you're selling yourself short. I know. I'm doing it. Be, I'm doing it at a discount because Dean's my friend. <laughs> uh, so, a friend rate. The friend rate. Um, the other thing, right? The other 2020 continues to kick our asses. You know, we've lost some some you know some people recently. Uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman, um, obviously. You know, for me, I liked Black Panther. I thought it was a good movie, but I, for me, why I liked Chadwick Boseman so much um, was 42. Like, I, I loved him as Jackie Robinson. I, I really loved that movie. Having been a Dodger fan, having having read and, and really studied the history of Jackie Robinson and and coming from, you know, you know where he came from, I, I, I thought 42 was, was amazing. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, here's a guy that was, was acting and and doing all this with you know, while battling cancer. It's 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 unbelievable when you think about that. It's it's what's sad is the timing of it. Like on a day when the Major League Baseball was celebrating Jackie Robinson Day, he mm-hmm. passed on that day. And then you look at things that were going on in his life with with you saying going through chemo while he's taping his you know filming his last like four or five films, like and he's like sick and people are like this is just how awful society is with people on social media calling him out like, Oh, why are you losing so much weight? What are you sick or something? Social media is successful. Like I'm convinced Awful. like I'm, if I, if I didn't have to be on Twitter, like I get, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go that far. I do get, there is good engagement on social media to some extent. Like it's, it's fun sometimes, but with, if you sit there and you read some of these comments and you think about what is so bad in your life that you are taking time out of your day, to trash somebody on, on social media. Like what, what, like anybody that goes out of their way to trash somebody that they've never met. Um, again, I know there's exceptions. I know some people are just complete that act idiotic and need to be called out, but. 90, I apologize, Frank Stallone. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> but, but 95% of the, the trolls out there, it's like people they've never met. And like, calling somebody out for losing weight when, and you have no idea what's going on in their life or, or, you know, and cause I get stuff on social media and I, I'll never block anybody. I'll never block you. I'll never give you the time of day. I just won't. But it's some wow. when you read, you're like, what is so bad in your life that you have to go above and beyond um, 
to do that. Like, I, I just don't understand that. And then you meet people in person and they're not like that, or at least, you know, the people that I meet are. Like I think a lot of like, uh, not to, to puff you up too much, but you know, you're, a, you're a celebrity, you know, you've got a cameo account. I'm a C-level, uh, C right? Oh, we're up to C now. Okay. We're up to C. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, but like when you've, I know with you and Pereira, sometimes someone will send a message and they'll be rude to put it lightly. But then if you respond, they'll be like, oh, I didn't even think you read this. They switch. Like they, yeah, they, they, they're like, oh, love your work. Like yeah. they, they, I think for some people like celebrity, like they just assume it's like, they're not writing these or it's just, they're not looking at these. But they were, yeah. I also think it's, I also think it's like a, not, a, I'm, I wouldn't go so far as say a cry for help, but it's a, it's a, it's, it's kind of like, Hey, what about me? Like I, do I matter? Like, can I, even if it's in a negative way, right. Yes. Do I matter enough to have somebody, you know, read my tweet and respond to it or whatever. And, and, you know, just tweet, <laughs> Tweet me about like something fun, like ice cream or peanut M and M's. I think they do it just to say, like, I want to get this person's attention. What do I have to do to get it? And I like how you throw out stuff on Twitter, like, oh yeah, like you throw out fun stuff like all the time. Like your poll question we'll get to later, and and things during oh, the season you're like get to that quick. <laughs> um, things like during the season you'll throw out there and like, tell me something that I should be watching or like, you'll just throw that out there just to yeah, see what kind of stuff you always get. The, you always get the yeah. troll or two that'll be like, you know, like the, tw- like the, the, the poll that we put out, I put out and one guy was like, nobody gives a, sh- you know, shit. And I'm like, you, you, you took time out of your day. <laughs> you took time out of your day to respond. So obviously you give a shit. You're following me. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, it's just, it, I just want better for people. And I don't know. And, I, and Joe, I want better for you. So let's go to break. When we come back, I want you more involved. You know, I just stay away from the political stuff. Let's talk college football next on Good Call. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back on Good Call. With football, uh, yeah, I can start talking. <laughs> Thanks. I I can't even hear it. I, I can't hear a word he's saying over the music. Joe, what are you doing as an audio guy over there? Yeah. yeah. Um, Travis, update on NFL COVID testing. It seems pretty encouraging. Um, over the last, uh, like, so from the August 21st to the 29th, there were 58,621 tests um, um, on uh, players and club personnel and only 10 positives with four players and six um, team personnel. So that seems pretty good. I mean, they're not traveling. They're not going to hotels. We talked about that last mm-hmm. week. But How many I mean, of those but people they're, died? Yeah, but they're hitting, you know. So, it, again, yeah. there is going to be certainly the test of, of the travel. There are, you know, I know talking to people around the league, the league had, you know, the league had previously sent, I think it was something like 14 pages worth of travel protocols. Um, they just last, toward the end of last week, revised those protocols and sent a whole bunch more. Um, so this is something, I think in the initial, I think the number of in your travel party that was initially decided upon has now been reduced. So teams are going to have to to cut down even more, you know, cut out even more people um, when they travel. And, and again, look, this is a season, this is going to be a season unlike any other. Um, but I, I do, you know, knock on wood, the, these, these, these numbers are encouraging. And, uh, you know, and I think, I think we'll all feel more comfortable as each week passes, right? Mm-hmm. Each week without some kind of, you know, outbreak, I think we'll get more comfortable and more comfortable and, and uh, and we'll kind of go from there. I know um, something that'll make Scott and Joe a little upset. There's no mascots and no cheerleaders this year either on the sideline. No mascots, no cheerleaders. Um, I know. We're will not- they be allowed in the stadium though? <laughs> I'm serious. Like, will like a mascot be running around in the stands by himself? That'd be awesome. Yeah, because that's what you see in yeah. baseball. Like the mascots kind of uh, like running around out in the out. I don't. I don't know. That would be interesting if they just had the random like the San Diego chicken. I know they're not. Well, and Hey, uh, hey, let me just cue you up. Uh, You know, they, will there be a mascot to interact with fans in the stands? Well, well, so speaking of that, right. We talked about that last week and, and Roger Goodell did, there was, um, you know, competition committee met or virtually met. I think they had a call and they discussed it and ultimately I know Roger came out and said that there's no competitive advantage, disadvantage to fans in the state, you know, fans in the stadiums, some fans in some stadiums, others being empty. Um, I think that's probably oversimplifying it, that statement. I get what he's saying. We talked about it last week. I think I I agree. It's probably overblown what the advantage would be. I, I don't think you can say there's no impact, but I don't think that, look, if, if the chiefs go and play on the road in Miami um, and there's 15,000 fans, I don't think 
the Chiefs lose that game because there's 15,000 fans in the stadium. Well, there's probably 15,000 Chiefs fans there because Miami yeah. fans don't go. But, but that's the thing. Like, I don't think the number of the fans in the stadium are going to be the reason the Chiefs would lose that game. It would be you know, other reasons. But, um, but the competition committee has determined that um, it is no competitive advantage. The other thing that they're doing, and I have talked to people from clubs, um, coaches and other people, you know, they're going to pipe in this kind of crowd noise, this ambient crowd noise. And from what I'm hearing from clubs, at least what they've been practicing with, they feel like it's too loud. Hmm. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, and when you think about a crowd and, and if, you know, we're watching baseball games, uh, basketball, you watch an NBA game. Like I was watching today, um, that Milwaukee uh, Miami game, you know, if you didn't know we were in 2020 and the way they've, they kind of present, you know, it's kind of dark in the arena outside of the, outside of the court, you would think that there's fans in the crowd, at least in, in certain moments, like when there's no like real high, you know, thing happening, like some crazy thing happening where you hear that, that crazy roar. But I think at NFL, right. If there's ebbs and flows, the crowd is going to get really excited. And then there's going to be more of that kind of like that baseline noise. And I think that's what the, 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 the league is looking for more of just, so it's not complete silence and you're hearing every little thing that's said on the football field. baseline sound uh or i guess uh, travis or any of you do we know are the uh studios still gonna kind of sweeten sound the way like they do with like the premier league and stuff like that where they add crowd noise as well like just for the broadcast i think that's the plan because i think it's it is very weird when it's too quiet It, it just is it's it's like we're so used to it that like now when you like when the WWE came back and for like one or two weeks, they didn't have any noise and it was just it's, too weird. It's, it's definitely weird. It's, it's definitely. So I think we need that type of background noise. Um, I think baseball has done a good job with it and uh, you know, just watching Dodger games. Um, but it, it's, again, I think, you know, you don't want it to be too loud. To where right. Right. Can't, right. They can't hear the call. The quarterback can't, you know, you know, have his cadence that, that, you know, the, uh, the linemen are going to hear whatever else is going to happen. So um, I think that was good, but Hey, even bigger news. I never thought I would say this, but did you see the Austin P central Arkansas game on Saturday night? <laughs> I, I tuned in for a bit. I did. did yeah. I only saw the highlights on Twitter. Image, 75-yard TD. College football is back. College football is back. And um, when you think about that, the college football season, I think, is going to be a roller coaster. I mean, it is, when you think about where we are right now with six um, FBS conferences playing, which are you know, planning to play, right? A big 12, ACC, AAC, SEC, um, the uh, Conference USA, and Sunbelt. Sunbelt. Right? So those are, then you then you have um, a couple of FCS conferences that are playing, um, Ohio Valley, uh, um, Southland. Um, it's, and then you hear kind of, you know, reading some of the things about, the big 10, you know, saying that they were going to push to the spring and now kind of talking about maybe 
Maybe they're going to move it up to a winter season so they can get a season in and, and allow, allow these student athletes to that, that are going to go potentially to the pros, go to the combine, graduate and do all those things. Um, and then you could have a spring season with maybe the Pac-12 and some of these, the MAC and some of these other group of five conferences. You know, I'd, I'd love it. You know, hopefully COVID, you know, agrees, but we could have college football beginning now until April. It, it's, it's, it's insane to think about what, what could happen with this college football season. I mean, as a fan, it's exciting. It's, it's, but knowing what COVID has done this year, like I have very little confidence that it's going to go as smoothly as that schedule would, would play out. No, I, I can't imagine we're not going to have any road, you know. Right. Like what was that Iowa story that, that Scott sent out that there was a massive outbreak within the, within the team there, Scott? I don't think it was the team. It's okay. just that per capita, like Iowa state, which I believe today, which is, I believe Ames, Iowa, they just walked back like a couple days ago, the Iowa state president was like, Hey, we're going to have 25,000 fans. And because of, the amount of people coming down diagnosed wise, they're like, actually for the opener, we're not going to have any fans because, um, you know, the stat I saw, which I forgot who tweeted this out, but it was something like, you know, the state of Iowa, I, I'm sorry, I'm misquoting this, but the state of Iowa had like 10 deaths yesterday. Germany, the entire country of Germany had eight and they're not allowing fans in the stands for German soccer this fall. Mm. So just as like a perspective, but yeah, it's, it, and like, uh, didn't the Georgia QB just say today that he's not going to be playing this fall? He opted now? out on Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. And I think you're going to see, I think, but honestly, I think as, as these, as these kids realize what's at stake, um, because we started to see this a couple of years ago, right? With with players that that were going to be high draft picks sitting out bowl games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens post COVID if we don't see a, a surefire top ten pick sitting out his his last season, um, you know, and just preparing for the preparing for the draft. Um, well, you because, thought you'd see it more after Nick Bosa did it a couple of years yeah, ago. I, I think you know. I, you know, Nick Bose obviously had been injured. And so mm-hmm. you're thinking about recovering, you know, rehab and all that. But, but I think certainly COVID has allowed these, it's, it's a, it's a valid reason. It's a valid reason um, to do this. And uh, you know, what was also going back to the big 10 for a second, though, was interesting. The president called Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the big 10, think about Kevin Warren who replaced Jim Delaney. And I know Kevin, I know Jim, um, you know, replacing longtime Big Ten Commissioner Jim Delaney in his first year, and now he has to deal with this, right? He's dealing with, and it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You're making decisions to based on health and safety of these student athletes. And so they have all the information and they postpone the season and then they get ripped apart by their own schools. So, you know, that that Ohio State players and and, and, and Nebraska and everybody else and the president calls you. Um, but what, Travis, what is that conversation like? like I don't what, know. That's what I was going to ask you. First, I was going to ask you, like, what was there any, is, he, is there any validity to the, the case that the Nebraska parents 
wanted to, to sue the Big Ten for not allowing their... Like, well, I mean, we do live in a litigious society, so it wouldn't right. surprise me that, that there would be some lawsuit that, you know, they're taking away their the, the, the kids' opportunity to whatever, play in the NFL. Um, but again, it's like you can't win. Like, you cannot win in that position. You're trying to do the best you can with the information that you have, and, uh, and you're going to get second-guessed. Because if the Big Ten, right, they push... They push the season back. And if the other conferences who decide to play, they don't have any issues. Everybody's going to say, well, look, Big Ten, why didn't you? But if these conferences do have issues, then you're almost like justified. It's crazy. It, it's it, it's absolutely crazy. But I can't imagine. I can't imagine being on that call. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you. You're you're the comic. You're the you're the you're well, first the I'm improv like, guy. First, First, I'd be like, I'd be like, who? Come on, who is this? I mean, who? Like, like okay, hey, Dean, no. I'm going to patch a call through real quick. Okay, this Joe, is the president. What are you doing, Joe? Who? Who is this? And then I'd be like, and then I realize, oh shit, this is really him. Like this is for me though. If the president called me, like I would just we, I'd do like all New York with him. I'd be saying huge. He'd be saying huge. I mean, we just like that's how I would talk to him. I'd be like, well, Mr. President, this is a huge decision. And I don't think we can take it lightly and we have to take the student athletes and their health and safety. And I don't think, you know, we can make this a political decision. This has to be about the health and safety of our, of our, you know, of our student athletes. Um, I'm sure he, that would go over well. And, uh, you know, and then I just, you know, we talk about restaurants in New York city, some of my favorite places. His favorite places, Sabaro, McDonald's. You know, you know, Joe's brother, Jerry, one time with a straight face, Joe. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say. Straight face. He was like, he's like, dude, do you, you know, you guys, you got Sabaro in, in New York? Like, like it was the best pizza ever. <laughs> I understand growing up in LA and you don't get, you know, necessarily great pizza, but, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not a pizza snob. I'll eat Sbarro if I'm in an airport or if I'm in a mall. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'll go. I've I've got many a slice of Sbarro in an O'Hare. Well, not O'Hare because I'll do deep dish there, but many a slice of, of Sbarro in like Hartsfield in Atlanta or you know even in like JFK. It, it's it's easy. You get the little pizza sized box, um, the slice sized box. So. It's, I like I that we're I like that we're talking pizza because I, I have a very special brain of Blandino for you today that has to do with pizza. Yeah, we'll talk nice. About, we'll talk about that later. Um, but again, back to college football. I, I want I want college football to go so bad. Our schedule um, starting to starting to get more clear in terms of what we're going to be doing. We're going to be in the studio. Um, September 11th to kick off uh, SMU TCU Joe SMU what school is that SMU Southern Methodist very good yeah. what school is TCU what school is TCU Joe Texas Christian I know that one very good very good um, kicking off the season and uh, and hopefully will be the first week of many weeks this uh, this fall we get Pereira in the studio with us so we get the long underwear we get the Uggs. Um, we get high end catering, high end catering. catering. We get Travis. I do not like when Pereira's in because Travis gets uptight and I like like relaxed Travis. I like, you know, I I like dropkick. I like dropkick Travis in a pair of flip flops. 
but we don't get that, Travis, when Pereira's. It, it might be different this year without the monitors, you know, gumming yeah, up we're the working works. working on the 11th. Well, you know, this is news to me. He definitely, he definitely will. Mike will be less uptight because the monitors aren't there making noise. I agree. I believe that. September 11th. That's that's Pereira, though, right? Or is that you? No, that's that's me. Oh wow! Wait, this Taking is news to off. me. I didn't know this. You didn't read emails. How, how did you forget? I read emails. No. <laughs> well, anyway, let's take a break. When we come back. We're gonna have we're gonna have we're gonna have the debate debates. We're gonna talk movies, and then we're gonna do a brain of Madrid. <laughs> it doesn't have quite the ring to it. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back on Good Calls and... We're going to settle a debate. Uh, the other night I was watching, um, I like to kind of just sit down at the end of the day, throw on the TV and watch movies or anything else that's on. And back to back, we had Dazed and Confused, followed by Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So I texted the group, um, what's better? Which movie's better? Dazed and Confused, Fast Times. Both kind of you know, cult classics, both just over the years have kind of grown in stature and, and, uh, and I actually did a Twitter poll. Um, and so the Twitter poll and I'll pull it up. The results of the Twitter poll, we had, um, almost 800 people voted and dazed and confused came out 52% to 48 for fast times. Um, so Scott, where are you, where are you on the debate? Um, I'm definitely dazed, dazed and confused. What? I just, I think if we're talking purely like as a movie, it's, it's just a tighter film. It's got a tighter plot. It takes place. Obviously it's supposed to take place over the course of just like a day, basically the last day of school Mm -hmm. and just the kind of 
lived in nature of it. Now, you said something controversial. You said Fast Times is the better soundtrack. I completely disagree. I think the soundtrack in Days makes the film. Uh, Both and, great soundtracks. But- oh, yeah. And I, I'm not saying I, I don't think either movie is bad. I just think Dazed and Confused is just the better film overall. But it's right. like picking your favorite child, you know? Um, I could do that right now. hundred percent. I could do that. Okay. <laughs> it, changes, I, it changes by week though. Okay. No, I definitely agree with Scott. I, I said days confused right away. I said, I said, quote is a clumsy script with uh, fast times and the guy, I can't even remember the guy's name in the film or, or uh, what is, what his real name is. I should have looked it up. Um, I just feel like he was just, he wasn't very good as an actor. He wasn't believable. You didn't like him fast times. You didn't like Damone. Damone. Yeah. He just, he was terrible. He was a horrible actor. And wow, I'm sorry, Robert, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 Robert just, Romanis, you, right? Romanis, Scott. Yeah. You look. You look at the the cast that is in, in Days of Confused and the lines that just are used over and over and over. Just it, it's like common common day vernacular for for people that grew up in that era. And and, right. and I'm one of those. I can. Like, all right, all right, all right. Like so have you everyone seen- knows. Yo, have you seen either movie? I definitely have seen Days and Confused. I'm pretty sure I've seen Fast Times at Ridgemont as well, but only like once. It's not like multiple times. But I do remember I do remember liking McConaughey and Days and Confused. So I'll go with Days and Confused. Yeah. So here's the thing. I and I I agree this the Days and Confused script is better, right? It's um I think Fast Times is kind of like there's there just seems to be a lot going on and it, and it's it kind of all over the place. Um, I iconic do, though. Iconic. Totally. Like might have, other than if you think about Dazed and Confused, right? Obviously, all right, all right, all right. McConaughey is, is people know that. When you think about Fast Times, think about the Judge Reinhold, Phoebe Cates scene. Phoebe that Cates, is, yeah. Most people know that scene, right? When you think about Fast Times, Mr. Hand, think about Mr. Hand, you think about Sean Penn. So here's, um, I think better script, I think we can agree, Dazed and Confused. Soundtrack is tough. Yeah. I I like, I just, I like having grown up in the 80s and, and, you know, that's just my music. Uh, But certainly, Days of Confused, which again, Days of Confused was, takes place when what seventy five, seventy six. It is yes, yeah, seven. It's this. It's the bicentennial. Uh, yeah, yeah, seventy six. Last day of high school, Austin, Texas. Yeah. Um, no, right. you're right. It is for soundtrack. It is more just personal preference. I think and, it is. I think it's personal preference. Yeah. I think you have more. Of, it's obviously it's a seventies soundtrack. Um, it's supposed to take place in the 70s. The movie was made in, I guess, the early 90s. 93 it came um, out. Yeah. You know, Fast Times was, was, took place in the 80s, came out in the 80s. Um, it, it's, a, it's a high school in California. I assume, like, Ridgemont, like, you guys know California better than me. Is that, a, is that an actual place? Is that in the Valley? Or it's just a made-up made town in California? I defer to Joe. I oh yeah go ahead Joe Joe's no a, Joe is a SoCal guy right I don't know I I believe I know the shooting locations for like the mall and stuff where Sherman Oaks yeah. I I think Ridgemont High might just be a made up school but it's obviously it's in that area right? and, and and it did definitely and I'm not 
uh, you know, I'm 34, so I didn't grow up in the 80s, really. But it did set the template for like all those movies like, you know, like Valley Girl and stuff where it's like it really established the type of SoCal life. Well, and it's Cameron Crowe. I mean, yeah. all Amy Heckerling, who did who did a lot of those movies. But let's so soundtrack personal preference. Let's talk about cast because I went in, I did a little research. This is tough. Now, now there's some rules here. I don't because what I did was I kind of put together a you know we're in the middle of the NBA playoffs. So I put together an NBA style roster where we have our starting five. We have our sixth man, and then we have the bench. Most NBA, rock, right, they, they don't go, they, if, at most they'll go, you know, 90. So we've got nine from each cast. Now, here's the thing. What I did was it didn't matter how big your role was to be on the team, but if you had a smaller role, you might be a bench player, but you might be the, might have ultimately had the better career. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So let's start with days, right? Like I think Carl Malone in the Lakers dares. Right? So yeah. So think about days to get fused. Here's your starting five, at least in my view. Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Ben Affleck. Yes. Okay. Joey Adams, who I know you love, Scott. Yes. Um, Mila jo- Jovovich. Yes. Um, and this for me was, and I kind of went back and forth between these two. For me, I wasn't sure, did I want Adam Goldberg on my starting five or Parker Posey? Mm. When I think about Parker Posey and what she's done, I ended up putting Parker Posey in the starting five, and Adam Goldberg was my sixth man. I agree completely that Parker Posey, like a comedy powerhouse. Powerhouse. Like, you don't think about, like, she, all those Christopher Guest movies. Yes. I think she's an amazing actress. But I will say uh, that Joey shouldn't be on the starting five. Or wait, was it what was your starting five again? I had Joey. I had um, Joey Lauren Adams on there. Okay, and that was for you. And we can talk yeah. about we can talk about because here's my bench, and I only went three deep on the bench. Cole Hauser. Yes, that's Cole great. In, in you know, he's like that guy that you never know his name, but you're like, oh, I've seen that guy. Uh, he's He's kind of like he's, and I don't know if they're. He's like that Ben Affleck, Matt Damon crew, Casey Affleck. Um, so Cole Hauser, Anthony Rapp, who who was actually in, um, what's the Broadway play? Uh, Rent. Rent, and and Rory Cochran, who. He's been in a million things. A million things. And he has one of my favorite scenes in Days when he's talking, when they're high as fuck, and he's talking about Martha Washington, how they were <laughs> aliens, and how she used to she used to tend the marijuana crop for George. Like that scene is amazing. But that's my that's my dazed and confused squad. Now we can move people around, but am I missing anybody from the cast? Did you say Adam Goldberg? They said Adam Gold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you pretty much got him because I, I mean, and there you could potentially the uh, what's it? Randall Pink Floyd, Jason London. Jason London. He had a run. He had a hell of a run. But I, I had him on the list, and then I took him off because looking at his overall, I know he's like he's like the lead in days more or less, but I just didn't think his career overall matched up with these other. 
Oh, no, I agree. It's like he had that run. But like then that's why you include someone like Ben Affleck, who really is barely in the movie. Barely in the movie. But you can't discount. He's he's arguably other than McConaughey. He's arguably the most accomplished actor on the list. Well, and, you know, Oscar with the with the directing stuff, too. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I buy that completely. All right. So let's go fast times. So obviously Sean Penn, um, Jennifer, Jennifer Jason Leigh, um, Judge Reinhold. Um, and now where Fast Times gets interesting is you have actors that have very small roles, but end up going on to great careers. Um, Forrest Whitaker. Yes. Mm-hmm. Age, Eric Stoltz, Anthony Edwards. They're all in Fast Times. Phoebe Cates and... Um, I threw him on because I like him and Vincent Chiavelli, who is a great character actor who you've seen. Um, he was in ghost. He was, he always plays that weird character, but mm-hmm. I struggled with, those were my, my, my top nine, but I struggled with like the, the, the starting five there because it's hard to have when you have like Forrest Whitaker, not in the starting five, but he didn't have a big role in the movie. Yeah. Anthony Edwards is in it too, deep on this thing. And Anthony Edwards, I got yeah. yeah. Well, he, he, he it was it was him yeah. and Eric Stoltz as uh, Spicoli's friends. Yeah, the Stoner buddies. Okay. There and and Nicholas Cage was friends with Judge Reinhold. Very small role, but you can't discount Nicholas Cage as part of the cast. Right. So when you look at overall casts. It's close. You got a lot of Academy Awards. You've got a lot of nominations. You've got a lot of big box office things. And so who 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 is the best actor at, in both casts? Who is it? I mean, Matthew McConaughey. I I gotta I, give it up to McConaughey. I'm. I went back and forth. I kind of lean Sean Penn. I don't know. I I love Matthew McConaughey, but. I don't know. Sean Penn in Carlito's Way is might be my favorite role. That's, uh, one thing, you know what? Sean Penn in the a, game was really good too. Remember that movie? That, yes, he was yes. great in that movie. The first time I saw the game, like, can you do you guys remember the ending? Weren't you like, like I was like, spoiler alert. I, I was just like, like confused. Weren't you, Joe? Like when, Dude, it, when that he, was the best ending to a movie I think I've ever seen. It was so like, what the hell just happened? Like, like it, so much happens in the last seven minutes. You're like, what is going on? Was a, that was a really great movie. <laughs> now, I, I was going to say, are we, I think this happens all the time. We underrate the difficulty of being good at comedy, which is why also I would totally put Parker Posey in the the conversation in as, conversation. because, because it's, it, 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 when it's so easy, like she does it so easy in all those Christopher Guest movies that you kind of forget. It's like, they're all working really hard to be the funniest people on earth. I, yeah, I think, and, and I think Forrest Whitaker has been like, he, I like him and everything he's in. Oh, his, yeah, his, his run on the shield for a couple of years. Yeah. That's a show that I think is very underrated. So, I, I mean, I'm torn. I don't know which is the better cast. It's, it's. Yeah. You should do another poll. Like, okay, we've decided this is the better movie. What has the better cast? Yeah, I think Dazed is the better movie. Um, I don't know if it has the better cast. I still think Fast Punch probably has more 
I think it has more memorable scenes maybe for me. Um, but, you know, cause you have Sean Penn and Mr. Hand just, just, you know, the, 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 pizza, the pizza getting delivered was like, you know, when, when with Forrest Whitaker's, um, little brother and Sean Penn in the car and, and he's like, you know, my, my dad's a, you know, a handyman or whatever. He's got a two, two box and he can fix it. Like I, I just, I think um, the ending to fast times also just where, he, when he, uh, goes to the convenience store. Judge Reinhold's there. He throws the coffee on him. And then Sean Penn's just like, awesome. You know, that's how it ends. You're like, okay. And yeah. did, it, did it invent? No, it didn't. Because even like Animal House. I was going to say, it has one of those endings where it has like the text where it's like, Dean went on to blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it didn't invent it, but it was definitely, uh, you yeah, know, we see that more now. Um, all right, let's, Good debate. Let's move on. Um, let's. What happened? What's the deal with Rocky Four and the robot, Scott? So, as a big Stallone fan, I follow him on Instagram. He he posted a picture. Like, yeah, he 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 posted. You've been to his house. We'll say it again. He's been to Stallone's house. Um, Rocky Four, I guess, is getting a director's cut. Yeah, yeah. thirty-five getting, year anniversary. And it's unclear how it's getting released, but it will be getting released. But something that's very funny to me is in the comments, people are like, are you going to do more with the robot? And he's like, I hate the robot. He responded. He responded to random comments. Multiple people he responded to. And he's like, I hate the robot. It's getting cut. Like, And if you don't know, in Rocky IV, uh, for Polly's birthday, they buy a weird robot for him <laughs> and uh evidently we still, have. we still don't have that today in 2020 no yeah it could it could do things that um what are you talking about i got a robot that vacuums my floors yeah but this robot was like this robot was like having conversation with Polly yeah. of like hey how are you <laughs> like it was it was ai before way before anything even existed and and i need to shout out one thing carl weathers when he when he's he's at Rocky's house and the robot comes out to like the pool, he's literally like, "What the hell is that?" Like it feels like a real reaction. Like, what is that? And I probably should know this, but did Carl was Carl Weathers nominated as a supporting actor during any of those movies? Uh, I mean, if, was, let me look it up. Like he was awesome. Like those, Rocky wanted all all the first three are, are not without him. Oh no, he's it's it it does not work. The first doesn't movie work. doesn't work because you buy Apollo as being so charismatic, and it all makes sense. And even in four, where he gets killed, you're kind of like this sucks because Apollo is so much more fun than Rocky. Yeah. So, so needless to say, there's a director's cut coming out and the robot's going to be removed, which is annoying because I like the robot. And then also Rocky four, by the way, is literally like 79 minutes. And there, I swear to God, 35 minutes of that is like montages. So I'm, I'm interested to see what added stuff he has. You know, Scott, just there's no easy way out. So. Well, there's no shortcut home. There's not. 
Don't Should make fun song. of the montages. Those always bring a tear to my eye. No, no, no. I, I love them, but that's why I'm like, where will he add footage? Ever since the quarantine and the pandemic, I jump rope every day, and part of my jump rope is to no easy way out, and I pretend I'm Rocky. But anyway. Are you still um, doing that? Still doing that. Wow. Good still for you, that. buddy. Um, so apparently there was a man at JF. At JFK at LAX on a jetpack. Travis, you live near LAX. What is that? What happened? I, I didn't actually see the story. Scott sent this one. I I just put in this notes because I wanted to hear about this thing as well. Like was it he was wearing like a rocketeer type thing flying I around, Scott? What was it, Scott? So two commercial pilots said they saw someone who appeared to be on a jetpack out near LAX, and now the FBI is looking into it. What is going on, dude? 2020, what is... Like, now there's people in jetpacks riding around? I, I've seen some, but I've always thought they were, like, too clunky to kind of, like... You know, it's more of, like, a gimmick thing of, like, hey, watch this guy take off. But, okay, of course... like, 20 feet and then he... Yeah, according to this, the exact quote is, Tower, American 1997, We which is the plane ID. We just got... We just passed a guy in a jetpack, is what they said to the air traffic controller. And that, so my mind immediately goes to like, it's some Marvel villain right. that, that now we're going to have to get like Iron Man or, or Thor to fight this guy. And it, that's. Guys, I have, a, I have a confession to make. It was you, Joe? It was me. I, I made a jetpack in in my garage in the free time. You are Iron while Man. Dean, while Dean was jumping rope, I was making jetpacks. That's what you've been doing. Yeah. jetpacks. Yeah. I, I, I believe it, Joe. I took I took your advice to heart. You should do something good with this time. Do something different. It's an opportunity. I'm glad that you took you took my advice. I Always. appreciate. It. Speaking of you, Joe, let's go. We normally do brain of Blandino. I want to I want to do mind of Madrid. Wow. Scott coined, Scott coined the term. Mind of Madrid. Let's hear it. All right. So here it is. I know. Good. Oh, do I? Can I get a drum roll too? Or, or a low note. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't have like a. You know what? Let me do that again. I'll fix that. <laughs> so, wow. so here's um, the thing. So I was talking to a friend who's from the East Coast, and he started telling me about how the pizza. You know, I was like, Oh, how do you like it out here? Blah blah blah. Well, the pizza sucks. And it just got me to start thinking that, like, there are people that have grown up, born and raised here in Southern California that have never been to New York. And they think, like, the pizza here is good pizza. Could you imagine never having, like, a New York slice of pizza in your whole life is like, oh, Fresh Brothers is the shit. Or Sabaro is the shit. <laughs> is this, that's supposed to be funny? That's it. That's all I got. Um... <laughs> No, it's it's like, okay, so I think there's a difference, and I don't know, obviously don't know this from from experience, but I think there's a difference between being born blind and going blind, right? Like, the point I'm trying to make is you don't know what you're missing. Sure. Like, right. if you're born blind, if you're born in LA or born in California, and that's the pizza that you're used to, then you don't know what else is out Of course, there. and that's the point, is like, you're you're over here thinking that... Paisano's is the best slice of pizza in the world. Oh my God. Paisano's is, is easily, easily in the, in the lowest tier of, of, of pizza. No, I, but I, you know what? I know exactly what you're saying. Cause 
this is this is going to make it sound like I'm this really rich person. I assure the listeners I'm not. But you know, I had poke here. <laughs> well, and then and then when I went to Hawaii, oh, it yeah. it blew my mind. Like it was like I cannot do it. You know, it's poke that Scott's private chef prepares for him in his yeah. in Kauai. Yes, it's much different than the poke he gets. So now I have a guy fly it in over every morning for me. So. <laughs> that that was that was my thought. Just thinking, there's people out there that think this is as good as the pizza gets, and and just Italian food in general. So I'm going out, I'm going out to Italian food the other night, and I'm just like, I don't generally eat Italian food because my grandfather used to make it from scratch in the home I grew up in, and I'm like, it always sucks. When I go to New York, I always eat Italian food because it's fantastic. Never been to well, Italy. I mean, but there's but. also, I think, having grown up in New York, I, the Mexican food here in LA is so much better than the Mexican well, food. You want, here's a good example, and maybe, Travis, you can talk about this too. I grew up in Minnesota. The, the fancy exposure to Italian food was, for me, probably Olive Garden. Oh, nothing wrong with Olive Garden. No, there's nothing, but like that, like in my worldview, for a certain period of time, it would be like, fancy like it's grandma's birthday we're going to red lobster we're taking her to red lobster this is the most fancy exotic seafood we have available 100 percent. that was us red lobster that was like a big night out. i was dude i think i went to red lobster for like my senior prom big night out big night well but you know you're in the when you grow up in the middle of the country you're limited on certain things so it's like i didn't know what like seafood really was so like the idea of like if you walk into a restaurant and it has an aquarium with like the lobsters i'm like this place must be the most expensive place on earth <laughs> you know exactly 100 percent. because you just don't know but i mean my my exposure to mexican food growing up was taco bell like i thought that was i thought the mexi melt was as good as it gets yeah like, that that's what i thought and, and obviously that's not the case. And you come out here and it's like the, the little hole in the wall and the food is amazing. Yes. My favorite, uh, I, I, oh man, like that would be one of the hardest parts of if I leave LA is street tacos because I live by a great spot now. Uh, if anyone's out in Eagle Rock anytime, come by. It's right in front of Target off Eagle Rock Boulevard. You'll have a good time. You've got some good, you went to an Italian, you go to an Italian deli or something. Yeah. 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 Very good. It's, it's, it's a, it's an exciting time for food. I'm just, looking, but growing up in, in, uh, in Minnesota, did you, did you have really good, um, Falukor? <laughs> I don't even know. Much. <laughs> no, wait, did you guys have the, what are those? Like pork loins, those big old uh, pork loin. Like that's one thing. Actually, you you go to a grocery store unless it's like a good butcher. You can't really get a pork loin here. Whereas, like in like Iowa, I've talked with friends who have moved here from Iowa, from Minnesota. You can't get them. Yeah, my buddy's from Iowa, and that's all they talk about. And I went there one time, and they give you the world's biggest piece of meat. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no meat raffles at the bars out here. And it's very disappointing. I remember watching, yeah, they have meat raffles in, in bars in many, in many in Minnesota. Yeah. And it's, and we're not talking just rural, like in Minneapolis, there will be bars that have meat raffles. 
could you imagine like coming home from the bar and with a freaking ham hock? Like you just like you want it at the bar. <laughs> That's the dream. That is the dream. Joe, not bad. Mind of Madrid. It got us talking. So that's fine. That's all that matters. Um, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Anything else, Travis? You okay? You're going to be all right. Yeah, I'm good, man. I went to the zoo on, on Tuesday. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't need you to elaborate. Yeah. The zoo. I, that's exciting. The zoo's open. Let's it talk was... about the zoo next week. Let's talk about Travis. Travis's trip to the zoo. Travis next week. visits the zoo.com. <laughs> I'm buying it. All right, this is Good Calls with Dean Blandino. Please follow me on Twitter at Dean Blandino and Instagram at Dean.Blandino. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Rules Podcast and be sure to rate our podcast on the iHeartRadio app and on Apple Podcasts. Good Calls with Dean Blandino is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.